Hello and welcome back to Sharp Cuts. My name is Garrett May alongside Josh Nickel. As always, welcome back to the show. Now, if you notice things are sounding a little bit different this week, it's because last week, Josh, we were talking about something and I just had to get on a plane and go there and visit it. So I'm in Toronto, had to visit the Excellence Room, but we will talk about that later. So welcome back to the show. It's just Josh and I today. Maybe a little bit of a shorter one. We'll see how it goes. Thanks for joining us. Hit subscribe, five star, comment down below, all that great stuff. Josh, how are you doing? I am fantastic, Garrett. I just hope our out-of-province listeners aren't going to use any like on-terrible jokes saying that your mic sounds bad because you're in the center of the universe. But uh, we'll see what the comments say after this. They weren't going to say that until you opened us up for that <laughs> chirpage now. And please let everybody know that my mic is on-terrible because we are in Ontario right now. I might even just move it real close and put it in my mouth or something just to really egg that on. So welcome to the show, everybody. Yep, I'm in Ontario with Josh, but we're not in person together. How did we not figure that out, Josh? Like, what are we thinking? We don't have an intern to plan logistics, I think is what it really came down to. And you and I aren't going to do it. Yeah, that's true. We weren't going to. I mean, this show is last minute preparation as always. And <laughs> what, we're going to try to coordinate getting together. Like, come on. we got a lot of stuff going on. So anyways, let's jump into it. So some things to cover today, which I think are going to be funny or interesting or devastating. I'm not sure how you feel. I'm going to feel, feel all this. those things. I'm going to feel f- all of those things. Okay, we are going to feel all those things. So in the volleyball world championships, indoor, right? I have that right. Like, it's the world championships. Like, that's a big deal, Josh. And our Canadian men's team was in action, but was eliminated. <laughs> was eliminated. <laughs> Came third place in our pool. And missed out on it by, what What was it? I mean, you're the numbers guy, Josh. I want to do this justice. So before it happened, actually, one of our beach players, Piers, friend of the show, uh, he was explaining to me, and he's talking about uh, top two from every pool move on, but they want to get it to 16. So that means some lucky loser third place teams go on there. But he's explaining how, like, our pool was pretty tough with, like, Turkey, China, Italy. There was a pool with, like, Puerto Rico and Tunisia, Garrett. Tunisia, our new rival, where... I forget the exact number. I think he said 54. The over-under was 54. That if Tunisia scored over 54 points, they would win the tiebreaker, the points ratio over us. So we're like, oh, they're not that good. It's Tunisia. Like, what? That's like, oh, they have to score, like, even if they lose 3-0, they have to score over, like, 18, 19 points. Like, they're not going to get it. Sure enough, first set was uh, they lose 27-25. So right out of the gates, Garrett, they were just, they were getting points. And I think the last set, they only got 17. But that was still enough to bring their total. I think it was 27, 15, and 17. So that was enough to get them 59 points and to sneak through with the tiebreaker. So that first one, uh, excuse me, was actually 29-27. So if they would have had a normal, like these 15-17s, we would have got through. But no, because they had a barn burner first. They survive and they win the weird points ratio tiebreaker to advance. We take a 17th. Yeah, I mean, congrats to Tunisia. And uh, I mean, like they could have gone and won that game, Josh. We weren't even expecting that they were going to go and win that game when you guys were talking about it. So how dare you? Because that is our new rival, obviously. Like, how are you not even thinking they might get a win out there? Like, they could get the job done, but they didn't. Okay. But they got enough points. They knew what they were doing. Okay. They were, they were play, toying around. Maybe they, hey, Maybe they went to the other team and was like, hey, here's 10 grand and just let us have a tight first set and then smack us and could we'll be good to go. Could be. And it's hard to feel bad for our guys because we also lost three nothing. Right. So, I mean, if we win a set, if we win the match, like if we take care of business, like it's a different story. So it's hard to get angry at the format or the tiebreaker because you kind of know that going in. Right. Yeah, that's true. I will say I've been a part of a third place point differential brutal situation like that. 
and it was in Brazil, and we had the exact same point differential to three decimal places. <laughs> and so we thought we won because it showed the same, and we had, like, I guess the next tiebreaker, like, I don't know, sets or, like, total points or something we had. So it showed us ahead, but then we got called in to the technical director's office, who happened to be our Canadian representative, technical director, Ed Drakage, and he lets us know, he goes, you know what, guys? I got to let you know, we've crunched the numbers. And to four decimal places, <laughs> you lose this tie break. And it was like, <laughs> oh, gosh, like, what are you going to do? Like, it's true. Like, it's the truth. You're going to be pissed, but there's nothing you're going to like. What am I going to like? Like, is Canada going to go in and be like, yo, we challenged this? Like, no, like, it's, that's what it is. That was what it is going in. Are we going to be bitter about it now? No. Well, I'm glad your mind didn't go to like that one serve that you maybe hit out or like that one extra ball you could have dug. Like that, where was that one extra like decimal you could have moved? Yeah, I mean, it obviously did. Like, it, it definitely did. And we lost uh, to Bruno and Evandro. We're playing together back then. Uh, 29 27, uh, 23 21. Um, like, super tight, right? And so that was kind of actually what made it brutal had we lost with the same differential but by but less we we might have actually helped us down the road you know what i mean because it would have lowered our total points and then our plus minus would have been totally like the math is stupid honestly josh this is the time where math should never be in sports first of all it's everybody's least favorite subject josh and the fact that it's in sports is brutal and that's scientifically proven. Well, uh, Canadian fans, we've benefited at World Champs where, Garrett, I don't know if you remember, uh, Sam and Dan advanced. It was a head-to-head tie, and they advanced on points ratio. And the problem I have with the points ratio in that situation is Poland beat us head-to-head. But we had a higher points ratio because we had beat the Netherlands, and I think the Netherlands beat Poland, and Italy beat everybody. So just, uh, again, if two teams are tied, I think you have to go head-to-head. You can't default to the points ratio thing. But, uh, I mean, the volleyball gods gave us that one. They, they didn't give us this one with Tunisia. So, Well, I mean, you heard it here first, volleyball fans, that Canada's top rival now on the world has to be Tunisia. We need to go out and get our revenge for them not losing that match worse. Like well, we need to start picking some rivals, Garrett, and it can't be like France, Brazil, <laughs> USA, because we won we one match that. at VNL. We won we'll one that. match at World Championships. So, like, we're not a rival to these teams anymore, I don't think. Yeah, no, it's, I think Tunisia's right in our wheelhouse, Josh. That's what I'm saying. Like, let's pick a rival who we can go at and maybe get a win. And, but I, I can't say, we, I don't think we can guarantee that with Tunisia because their point differential shows they were better than us. I think this show could hype it enough that we, we sell out that game. <laughs> Not at like a, like a five thousand seat venue. I think we pick like a nice university gym and we get like six hundred people there. Honestly, though, that's the story that we need to be telling for our sport. Is hey, like our federation should be writing to their federation immediately, being like, "Hey, there's a story here. You guys outed us, especially if they go on and win a few games. Like <laughs> yeah. you guys outed us, got the match up, made it through. Like you owe us. Come to our barn. Let's do, let's duke it out. Put some money on the line. So we need to hype that up next time Canada ever plays Tunisia. We we probably won't know about it if it happens. <laughs> no chance. There's no way we'll find out. <laughs> no, one of the listeners will let us know because right now they know. They've just adopted this rivalry through us that they're going to keep an eye on Tunisia on the schedule. I hate Tunisia's volleyball program. <laughs> I don't know anything about them. Not a t- player name, nothing. I just hate them now. So we should go after them. Yes. Well, 
Josh, there's another question that needs to be answered. And listen, I hate bringing up, I hate rehashing our dirty laundry in front of the viewers, but you know, I had a bit of a tiff with Derek Dedman, a watcher of the show, commenter, about me being too hard on Team Canada men at the World League tournament or what, what was it? Some tournament. I don't even know. It was World I, League. Uh, you right? were pretty hard on them during VNL, Nations League. VNL. VNL, that's right. The Volleyball Nations League for going 10 and 2 or 2 and 10. Yeah, not 10 and 2. Not yeah, 10 not 10 and 2. They were going 2 and 10 and, you know, barely didn't get relegated. And then I was saying, hey, like, we got to expect better. Like, this is not good enough. There's no uh, getting used to the system, new, you know, new things. Like, no, we got to perform now or we're getting screwed. And, you know, the argument was, hey, it's early. We didn't get relegated, so we did what we had to do. It's, you know, we're feeling things out, new quad, whatever. But I don't know. Is it, okay, next tournament, world championships. We we lose a, a bunch of bad games. Like, we get 3-0'd. Uh, we're, we're maybe competitive, but we're losing a point break to Tunisia. Like, are, are, we, are we still trusting the process? Well, when you when you bring up the the points ratio, right? Like your mind immediately starts to jump to stuff. So today, I think the first two sets were like twenty five, twenty three, and like the the compete level there. I, I thought it was there in my mind. I think some people would disagree with me, but I thought it was there. The one that hops out to me right away is I think Italy thirteen us one set, did they not? And that one's the one where you kind of go, were we just not ready to go in that one? And like, is that maybe the moment that cost us this? Where again, we're not blaming the tiebreaker. What can we do differently? And losing thirteen in an indoor volleyball set is hard to do. Yeah, like, but think about, and, and this is the same thing that happened to me as a player too, is like, think about the attitude coming out of a tournament when you when you fight hard. So let's assume we fought hard. Um, you fight hard in a tournament, you come third in your pool, and you get the lucky loser, and you go into the playoffs. Say even you lose that match, and you fight hard against a top seed. But coming out of that loss, you're only one place higher up than we you know, like you're not, you're not, it's not a ground shaking, like new result, but coming out of that, you can feel so much better about what you did than losing this point tiebreaker in the pool play coming third in your pool, only winning the one match. Like that's actually a big difference. Like in beach, for example, like if that happens to you, it, when the back, when they had pools of the four and you actually had that, like you, it's a huge difference. You're an extra night in the hotel, the main draw hotel, and you can actually get a more, another meaningful game. You get better results, the points, like it just feels a lot better. So I'm sure that like Tunisia's going out there and going to give it their all in their, their next match. And if they lose, they're thinking, Hey, we battled, we made it through. Like we're getting somewhere. Whereas we're thinking, gosh, we didn't even make it out of pool. Well, the funny thing is, you know, it's one place. But to the average fan, it's the difference of saying I finished 17th or I finished 9th, and that's a right. top 10 result. And you can say, <laughs> we finished top 10 at Worlds. We're totally trending where you're right. It's literally one place. It's one match. It's three points. It's whatever the bridge came down to. But you're to, right. But like, it sounds so much better. You could put on your Instagram, top 10 at Worlds. And people go, oh, you must have competed. Canada's <laughs> a top 10 program in the world. Yes. Like, But if we had done only like one thing differently like a few points we're, that's the difference between 17th ugh, or <laughs> top 10 ah, that, yeah. that's about <laughs> program's growing we're trending all right all right even though there's like four how many other teams who also were ninth <laughs> yeah really a ninth is 16th right you yeah. might as well be right like, <laughs> right like it's the same thing right but it just feels 
so much better. Like you come out of the tournament with a ninth and even to yourselves, like even Ben Joseph the new coach, like can come out of that and he's maybe saying, Hey, we, you know, we get out there, we battled, we struggled, we learned some things we came out with a ninth. Great. But now, well, we went out there, struggled, fell flat on our face, lost a tiebreaker to Tunisia. <laughs> and, and just... I, I don't like this, but it is a narrative too. I hear it all the time with our beach guys is they'll take like a fifth or a ninth, but if they lose to the team who won, they go, Oh, well, we just had a lucky draw. So imagine we did qualify for those pre-quarters and you lose to a uh, uh, France or a uh, USA or Brazil and you go, Oh, well, we just, we ran into a hot team, you know, Gary, we just didn't get it done. Like the last two Olympics we've lost to Russia and everybody goes, Oh, well we finished fifth, but we played one of the best teams. So, you know, it's just the way she goes. Well, and what you missed there too, which I think in in this international system, same as beach, actually, is you miss the opportunity for that measuring stick, right? You miss the opportunity to measure yourself up in a meaningful game against the top competition in the world, where Tunisia gets that opportunity, right? Like they get to go out there, play a top seed in the world championships, say they lose for their program, they at least will lose. They'll have a video of literally everything that happened, every area that they fell short against a top team in the world. Whereas, I mean, we don't have that, right? We're looking around going like, yeah, okay, we beat China. Uh, what what else happened? <laughs> like, Well, even, I don't know if anyone messaged you, but uh, the volleyball community feels completely comfortable anytime something's bothering you to uh, send it to me or to send it to Passing Knives Count, and I, and I love it. Uh, the promotional posters, apparently there was an Italian cat on the poster who wasn't on the roster. So they were upset like at the graphic designer and the promotion because like the NBA would never mix up. They would never put like Steve Nash on the poster as a player when it's like he's not even competing. Where this one was like, uh, and I, excuse me, it's a volleyball show and I should know his name. It's escaping me at the moment. But yeah, they had a male and female athlete on the poster who were not competing for their respective countries. So that, that irked a lot of people. But it was just kind of funny when I think of Italy. It's like, yeah, we don't even know who's on the team, Gary. <laughs> I respect two things about that. One, that the promoter would just go out and do that. Like, who cares? Who cares if they're not on the roster? We don't actually care because the people coming to watch won't notice. They'll see the people on the poster, get excited because it looks good, come to watch the game, and then nobody's going, hey, where's that guy saw the poster? Because they can't tell. They're up in the stands. Like, you don't know what's going on. You're just having a good time. And two, I really respect that when people have problems out there and they want to complain, that they come to you. <laughs> that they shovel their crap to you and the Pass and Dimes Instagram account. <laughs> I get none of that. None of that is sent my way. So you're Yes, Guy Gaming doesn't run. get those DMs or anything. You don't check it anyways. But uh, I just looked ahead at the schedule. Sure enough, Tunisia will play Poland. So a team where you lose to and you go, we just ran into a hot team. Gary, we got to get experience, though. We, that's a top team. We got to play. Well, how many times a year do you get to play Poland? Yeah, exactly. Good point. Maybe zero. So like, damn. Tunisia, we're coming after you. Like, get ready. We're coming after you. There's going to be some match in the future. Canada, Tunisia, and we're going to miss it. We're not coming to a gym near you. We're not. This this is not going to pay off ever. <laughs> so, because <laughs> anyway, because they're not in the World League, right? Or are they? Or who knows? Are we? Maybe after this, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, true. Maybe they go and beat Poland. Then we're really feeling bad. How funny is that? Just a commentary on our sport that, like, it, it, they don't have a very good chance, but they could take a fifth. They could even still medal at world championships, but because of the VNL relegation we talked about, they have to win a tournament with like Australia and a whole bunch of other countries just to get into VNL, where we won two games, and it's like you guys are safe. You're you're totally invited back next year. Yeah, and Tunisia can t can take that and can suck on it. You know, can really just swallow that because that is the reality. And so, 
you just got to accept it, Tunisia. I mean, that's what if gotta, we put that on the line? You come to Canada and we play our rival, and what's on the line is the spot in BNL. Right, but then that's a win lose for us, Josh. <laughs> You gotta have a little skin in the game. Maybe that's what the program needs to turn this around here. No, nah, let's put something else on the line. Let's put like your job or something. Oh, no? Okay. Uh oh gosh. All right. Well, moving on. Is there any other results we can talk about, Josh? What else is going on? We talked about a lot of results last week. Anything new happening? Uh Jake McNeil and Alex Russell went to an AVP in Virginia Beach and took seventh. That's the only result I can think of where there's just not much going on, Garrett. Yeah, see, seventh sounds so good especially the double a limb like they finished seventh and played seven matches including the qualifier they had to get through so i mean good weekend for the boys i mean it sounds good but it's also a weird number for a tournament format like you come seventh you know it was some funky funky format double a limb the americans i I think love the double limb they like that double limb, eh? Yeah, I guess they like the loser crawling all the way back. They like the underdog story. They of it also all. love saying um, semi-final instead of semi-final, which always kind of irked me when we had American teams on the OBA. What time is yeah. my semi? There is no such thing. There, yeah. there isn't one. The I, semi-final I, will be played at this time. I, I feel you, because but the only problem there is is semi. You can't go semi. <laughs> you, you can't say it like that. You have to say semi and you, you kind of wait for something else like semi what like semi finished like semi sphere like semi you know like it feels like there should be something else a semi is the semi-final maybe some of our american uh, viewers or listeners can comment i don't even know if they celebrate making it to the semi-finals garrett because uh, there there was a coach at nationals i, I won't say where who he was coaching with but he's he's american origin he lives in canada now uh one of his teams he was coaching was about to play for a tier two medal and he looked me dead in the eye being like what what is this like why why does this athlete have a chance to play for a medal when we didn't win a game on the first day and i was like dude just enjoy it like it, it's a good competition like all of a sudden he's like no like this would never happen back home yeah i mean i get that but also grow the game maybe I think Americans are just so confident and so good that, like, if you didn't win, like, it wasn't a success. We're here. It's kind of like, yeah, grow the game. Let's get people matches. It's a three-day tournament. Let's keep people engaged. Like, Well, I mean, here's the real question. Would that person who say that be allowed in the excellence room? And, you know, we need to set the table here for people who don't understand this because, you know, we need to establish this as a true myth of the volleyball community. And I want to hear your volleyball myths out there. Comment down below and or let us know or reach out to the Pass and Times Instagram channel to shovel or just text Josh directly because I know nobody texts me. Uh, your myths from the volleyball community because we want to A, know them, but B, get to the root of them. So here's a myth we were pushing at the end of last week's episode. If you didn't watch it, I don't blame you. But um, we here in this building that I'm in right now, there is a room that you can only enter if you are excellent. And it is a real room that exists, and it is where battles of excellence take place to increase and celebrate excellence. And I didn't know much about it last week, and I've learned all about it, Josh. And I think what I got to ask is, could you enter you, Josh Nickel, the room of excellence. 
See, the, the way you're describing this this urban legend, this myth, I'm getting some Kung Fu pa- uh, Panda vibes where, like, he holds up the scroll at the end and really just a mirror that, like, the, the answer was always in yourself, Garrett. So I think if you believe you're excellent, you're probably allowed in the room. It's the question of, uh, I would enter, but if, if your your biological father or you made a comment, would I fold up and then question my excellence? I think I'd be fine walking in, believing in myself, but that, that one comment that you guys would bring, I think, I, I don't know how I would respond. That's the only yeah. doubt in my mind right now. Yeah, I mean, well, what sort of comment would fold you up? <laughs> like, could it be as simple as a, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> are you sure? Are you sure about that? <laughs> like, you don't have the confidence of the people standing around you? It, what exactly makes you excellent? And then you just listen. You don't even, like, give, like, a, an answer. You just go, huh. <laughs> yeah, it's telling. It's telling that you need to ask that. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> what an ego stroker, the excellence room. I went in. Didn't hesitate. I actually entered and breached the threshold of the excellence room without knowing it. It's not clearly delineated, Josh, but it does. It is a barrier for those who are unexcellent. And and none of your siblings like tapped you on the shoulder and were like, "Hey, you gotta, you gotta get out of here." Nope. Nope. They they understood. They understand it, Josh. It's a simple premise. Is I gotta ask, in the Excellence Room, remember Volleyball Source magazine? And you were on the cover after you won Youth World Championships, and it's it's blown up. It's fantastic. I mean, I almost wish I had a copy in my Excellence Room. Uh, is it on prominent display in this room? No. Ooh. No. So it's, it's tough to be on the wall in this it, room. It's not because it's not an excellent photo, Josh. It's <laughs> it's not a great photo of me. No, it's not. Sam looks great. But he picked the worst one of me. So it is it is Excellence Room adjacent. It is adjacent to the Excellence Room entrance. So for the result, but it, it can't enter the Excellence Room because it itself is not excellent. Interesting. There's a lot of yes. layers to this. Yeah, yeah, there is a lot of layers to it. So, I mean, come on down. I mean, it, the Garrett May Invitational Tournament, it's happening. Maybe. Um <laughs> here in Springwater, Ontario, come test your luck at the Excellence Room. Um, see if you can get in. I think I think your chances are good, Josh, but uh, not a guarantee because part of the road to the Excellence Room is paved with the bodies of fallen unexcellence all around in the form of broken toys and things you could step on and trip yourself before entering. So it would really be a shame if you walk up and you kind of trip or step on a toy and then really hurt yourself before you enter. That would be not a good way to enter the room. Yeah, no, I can completely relate. Our, our little guy is on the move, and I'm quickly discovering how unsafe our home is. So uh, anyone out there with young kids can totally relate. But uh, I'm glad that the play space is close to this excellence room, that it's not just a complete shrine, you know, boxed off from the rest of the house. Now, for any listeners out there, I recommend you you form a room of your own that serves as some sort of beacon for your greatness or excellence. Or it doesn't even have to be excellence. It could be any other quality that you want to exude. But create a room for it and keep only that in that room. It, it's a powerful, powerful thing, Josh. Now, I imagine you weren't one of these athletes. Like You didn't keep your OVA club medals, right? Like, are those in a ev- box somewhere? I kept every single one. What do you mean? Like I wasn't Brenda the type of the athlete them. to like keep them. Like, you that. didn't keep them. Like, your, your mom's no, just no. super organized. No, no. I kept 100% of every medal 
I've ever gotten. They are in a bin. It is heavy. Reed's bin is heavier, my brother. <laughs> His bin is heavier. Because he has basically all the medals I won, plus the, all the medals he won. Because he was just with us. So he doubled up. But uh, yes, we have every medal that I've ever won. Now, do you keep like the ones that like you, you hear other stories or like there was kids on the OVA tour who like wouldn't accept their bronze medal because it was so beneath them. And I was kind of like, well, you kind of are what your record says you are. Like if you like, uh, well, call him out. Pierce, friend of the show, won tier two OFSA. They give you the the whatever. the I forget the name of it. Threw it in the garbage. His mom did not appreciate that. But like, would you ever do something like that? No, because I had I didn't have much perspective, Josh, but I had some. Because if you go into that bin now, you tell me which ones are from Tier 2, which ones are from Tier 1, which ones are from a big tournament, and which ones are from not a big tournament. I mean, you can pick out some of the unique ones, like all the national medals look the same and they look cool, and all the international medals are different and they look cool, but all the like domestic ones all look the same. So all the bronze, silver, and gold all look the same. So when you go back, you just look at your mountain of achievements and all as one rather than that individual one that you were pissed at. So I recommend keeping those things because 10, 15 years down the road, <laughs> you won't remember. Good point. Now, have you set any aside? Because yes, the OVA ones do look similar, but can you point out the one the one weekend I always think about is just like a cool memory for, for anybody who has siblings and, and a parent who plays is... Uh, you won Saturday with your dad, and then you won Sunday with Reed. Like, could you pick out those medals? No. No, I couldn't. Yeah, I absolutely couldn't. I could only pick out the unique ones. Like, the Junior World Championship medal was has, like, a little case. has, like, a little protective case for it. Like, it came with it. So, I kept it in there. It's, like, all nice and folded. So, I mean, stuff like that you keep, yeah. But uh, they aren't in the excellence room, Josh. They're in the uh, in the basement in some dingy closet. So, I mean, because there's some silver and bronze in there. So, what do you mean? But the memories, <laughs> the memories. <laughs> All right, enough about medals. Let's get to everybody's fit. We still have no idea if people like this or they don't like this. It's an unknown liked seg segment, Players and Clowns of the Week. So, let's get to it, Josh. Let's see if I can even remember mine because, gosh, it's been a week. So why don't you start so I can f make sure I'm ready to go. So we did rip on the men's indoor team a little bit just about the performance, but I think one guy who's standing out, and uh, the reason I want to share with this athlete is one, he's just a heck of a nice guy. He's been on the Passing Nice podcast, but there was a moment there in our history, Garrett, where Gavin retired, and then obviously Shawan's not with the senior team, and everyone goes, oh, we don't have a right side, we don't have a right side. Well, our top point scorer throughout the tournament who's having a heck of a summer is Ryan Slater, the Trinity Western alumni, and he's having big numbers. He's always thrown up double digits where I think people were pressing the panic button that we didn't have, like, the stereotypical right side. He's fitting in perfectly with the offense. Benjo wants to run it fast. He is a fast player, so I think he's having a great summer, and I think we're going to be really building around him in this quad. No, and I, I will double down on that with you. Like, I I remember, I think it was the Olympics. Did he go to the Olympics with the team? Yeah. So he came in at some points at the Olympics. And when Canada was like, didn't have a lot of energy, 
didn't seem to that intense and fire. He came in and he he was intense and fired. And they set him and he was pounding. He was ripping serves. That guy's always had a crazy serve. So yeah, I I fully double down on that guy. Support that guy. I don't care how big you are, what you do, get the job done, bring some intensity, compete at a high level. That guy definitely brings it. So I'm liking what I'm seeing from him. But at the same time, like, is your if your best guy is not better than the other team's best guy, you know what I mean? Like, your best if that's our best guy, then you got to critique him like the best guy. That's true. Do I consider him our guy as much as maybe like I think maybe Mar could fill that role or some other guys where uh, I think right now Slater is the guy. I think um, you're right at the Olympics. He was kind of not a surprise to be on the roster, but I think people didn't think his number was going to get called where by that quarterfinal, I thought he was our best player. So I think he's still climbing and growing. But yeah, I think you need you need some other guys that are maybe a little bit more obvious. I think I think Mar is like our world class guy right now, but Slater, I think, is, is killing it. Yeah. No, I'll 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 double down on that with you. So yeah, good for him and getting the points, and hopefully he can get even better, Josh. Because when, when you're comparing top guys, you want the top dog on the court, not just a couple of dogs on your side. You want everybody. You want your best guy better than their best guy. Um, so yeah, fully agree. All right, my player of the week. Touching back on some things we've already covered this episode, my player of the week is the Tunisian men's volleyball team. <laughs> And congrats to them on doing what they needed to do to get out of pool, Josh. And they screwed us out of it at the same time. And you know what? We talked about the rivalry. We talked about getting hating them. But you know what? Credit where credit is due, Josh. They dominated us without even having to play us. And we need to acknowledge it. So Tunisia, I mean... Respect your competitor, but we're going to go out there and we're going to crush you next time we play you. Only maybe. Oh, it's going to happen. And Garrett, I do have a runner-up. And the reason they are the runner-up is because I don't know anything about Pokemon. But uh, our U19 guys got shirts made, Garrett. Their their nickname is Team Charizard, Cam and Charlie. And the reason they have to be the team runner-up here as they get prepared for Turkey is, I, I think you're a Pokemon god. Apparently, the, the team was bugging me that that shouldn't have been allowed to be their nickname. They should have started at, like, the first level of the Pokemon where we let them be, like, the third evolution. So I learned how many nerds we had on the squad. But uh, just a cool thing by them where they, they were a little, upset because we don't have a sponsor on the beach team and obviously like overkill and some other great people in the community they help get them gear but they didn't have gear and i was like guys why don't you just make your own shirt and sell them and they're like oh they didn't they were counting on like both their hands trying to figure out how they could sell 20 i think they sold over 50 it's a nice shirt uh our logo well the passing dimes logo is let's go josh (laughs) you didn't want to do the sharp cuts logo though you sold me out bud well, the only thing lower than the Passing Dimes budget is the Sharp Cuts budget, I think. So I, I didn't feel comfortable taking your money. But uh, I did want to support the guys. Uh, and Jason McCullough from Athlete Foundation also chipped in. So I, I was just a, a great entrepreneurial spirit from our U19 guys who who raised some money for a good cause and obviously going to go to Turkey, a tournament that uh, you've played before. You're a U19 guy. So good luck to those guys. But, yeah, they are the runner-up because apparently they should have started as the Charmeleon or something, more, a little bit more basic. I don't know. Okay. Get your facts straight, Josh. <laughs> But yes, absolutely approve of Player of the Week, Team Team Charizard, all the way. Go get the job done. You gotta call yourself if you if you call yourself Team Charizard, you have to do two things. You have to fly high, and you have to burn real hot. So I mean, you gotta do both of those things. And if they don't, it's Clown of the Week coming right coming right down. If you oh, guys suck, yeah. it's Clown of the Week. Like you're Team Charizard, you set expectations, but I respect it. <laughs> 
do got to agree, though. You're going to start at the final evolution, Josh? I mean, I'm a nerd. I don't know if you guys know this. I'm a huge Pokemon nerd. So if you're not going to start at Charmander, the first evolution, and work your way up as you evolve as a team, then what are you doing? Also, missed business opportunity. That's three shirts now that you can use. Now you've gone straight to three and screwed the opportunity for one and two. What are you guys doing? You sold 50 shirts? That could have been 150. I don't think you're going to get everybody to buy all three, but maybe a few. See, that's that's where I like where your mind's going. Where I didn't, I wasn't familiar enough to police this. I just thought I overheard somebody else call them, and I, I love nicknames, so we made it stick. But uh, you're right, we could have could have sold way more. I'll also say, from personal experience, Nintendo is incredibly protective of their IP and may send a cease and desist for something like this. They have sent it for lesser things. So I would keep an eye out and get a lawyer if you guys are selling these on any forum. If it's just cash, okay, don't tell anyone about it. But yeah, watch out for a cease and desist from Nintendo. They will track you down. If you play Team Japan, just ask them, please, not to report you directly to Nintendo. So what you're saying is these guys might not come back from Turkey. Like I, I should have had their like on full alert here to. Make oh sure no, you're not going. No, you're not going to get arrested. You'll just be fined. Like yeah, you know, or all the yeah, money like, they raised. They're gonna yeah, you're going to be fined all the money. <laughs> so yeah, but good for you guys. Appreciate that. You should give Pokemon names to all your teams, Josh, and just go full nerd. Just fully nerd out, and I'll support it. I'm shocked that, was that a there good was a era of sports, Garrett, where I think like nickname era, like Felix the Cat Potvin and Eddie the Eagle Belfour and all these guys. I don't, I, the current guys don't have any names. They call it Sid the Kid. That's not a nickname. And I'm just shocked that there was a Pokemon shirt being made and you didn't include the two biggest volleyball nerds and Pokemon nerds, Garrett May and Cam Whelan, on the action. I can't believe you guys didn't do your research and get some true experts in on the action. Unbelievable, Josh. Well, if anyone else is trying to make a shirt for a fundraiser and you need a, a sponsor to weasel <laughs> in on your idea and, and, and make a prominent, prominent spot here, Garrett. I mean, sharp cuts, uh, DM passing dimes. I think uh, we don't have any money, but if it's funny and I get a shirt out of it, we might consider helping out. So speaking of Nintendo cease and desists, you know what you're also going to get a cease and desist for is from me for putting <laughs> my picture on that shirt and selling it it's a picture of me is the logo and you're selling it without my permission so where's my cut josh for my photo yeah release? when does something like that become intellectual property like i don't know i i don't know i mean if you have in writing that i agreed to let you do that send it to me because we might have a legal battle on our hands josh and there's not a lawyer in the world, I don't care how skilled they are, that could like win me this case where I could say with a straight face, no, that's that's just a generic volleyball player. Like it's your glasses, <laughs> it's like everything about you, like <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. I didn't I just thought of that. I just noticed that. So that is hilarious. So I'm on the shirt. So I'm part of this. Even though you tried not to include me, Josh, you still in a way included me. So I appreciate that. Player of the week. The irony to those guys. the layers of the shirt. I mean, the layers. Once again, I'm sorry we didn't start at the the Charizard or whatever the the Come first on, level dude. is. Come on, dude. Just yeah. Nope. Wow. Sorry, we are the Charizard. The, yes. Whatever. Anyways. Come on, come, on, dude. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Clown of the week, Josh, for not knowing Pokemon. Um. All right, Josh. Over to you for clown of the week. 
So this is the second time I've had a mini freakout about this event, but FISU Games, Garrett. So originally it was supposed to be in Lake Placid, New York. Then it got Hold moved on. to Brazil, this, and this I was your upset. second. This is your then, second FISU Games clown of the week. But now I get to go to Brazil, and now it, it's all nonsense, Garrett. So this reminds me of a cliver. Apparently we have to pay the entry fee in cash, and we have to show up at the table with cash in hand. And some people say, what's the big deal about this? Well, in international volleyball, Garrett, the federations just communicate with each other, and you invoice me, and I send a transfer to you. And, like, actual money doesn't need to be delivered by the players. Where this is like, we need to find at least, I think it's 400 or $450 in euros to then bring to Brazil, who doesn't use euros. So it's not even their currency. So if I bring the wrong amount, I can't even just go to, like, an ATM and get the rest. It would It's this whole conversion thing. So anyways, I have to go to Brazil, which is not to stereotype, but not the safest place to be walking around with big wads of cash of money. So somehow I have to get our athletes entered in this tournament with a wad of cash. And I was like, Visu's technically run by the FAB, but it isn't. So it's not enough. Like this wouldn't even happen in Orsica. Like I said, the only other event this would happen at is a Cliver. Yeah, this is crazy, Josh, because it's not even a high enough amount of cash to justify even like making sure that you get it in cash and at the time of registration, like 500 euros is like in the grant. It's a lot of money, but in the grand scheme of things, it's a tiny amount of money. Like that doesn't even exceed my e-transfer limit. Like can't right. I just so e-transfer you? Pay, are they just going to say, Oh, team Canada is disqualified. Like they don't know international federations are good for this. Like you're not going to get your money later on. I don't understand how it's not even like a, a later but, on thing. But, and how is the registration fee? so so ridiculously low like why even bother charging the federations 500 euros to run an event that costs thousands of dollars to run like it's like a drop in the bucket like what a what well, a what well, there's been deposits peanuts. i don't think this includes the housing i think the housing goes directly to the hotel that is like the host housing place for the event i i again you're right garrett as you shine more light on this nothing about this makes sense other than i've just told the internet that i'll have a lot of cash on me going through yeah like airport. you're straight up getting robbed on the way and those people may or may not be associated with visu so just double <laughs> just double check the guy holding the sign for team canada as you arrive and just give him a just really make sure he's on the up and up because i mean that guy could be there to rob you so keep a look keep yeah stay safe out there josh um travel with travel in packs um <laughs> stay stay together hold hands oh gosh good luck well good luck to the teams out there hope they win and do you get prize money if you win? No, that's why I think this might be the biggest scam event ever, which means we should try to host it and Sharpcut should sponsor it because uh, everybody's paying a user fee, which I, again, I don't know where all this money goes to. It's FISU. So there's no prize money, Garrett. So you mentioned this event costs thousands of dollars to run. I think they've collected that from all the different federations attending. And the promoters are probably like, this is awesome. If we sell 20 tickets a day, we're probably in, in the black. Well, Actually, we should host Fisu. <laughs> it sounds like, like, yeah, like it sounds like a great idea. And we should tell people to bring cash and we should just, you know, happen to let people know that there's people arriving with straight up cash at the airport and we'll just see what happens. So, I mean, this can't be used against me in a court of law, hopefully. Um, Especially not Tunisia. Nobody touched Tunisia. They need to arrive. Oh, okay. We, host, we need to play that oh, rivalry absolutely. match. Now we got to host Fishu and specifically invite Tunisia for free. 
for free yeah. registration fee, Josh. So you come, but then when we get here, it's a nightmare. All right, moving on. Because by next before. year, this time, Sharp Cuts will have 500 euros to sponsor Tunisia to get them here. Only because I stole it from Josh on his way to the airport. <laughs> so then it gathered interest, so we actually have more. <laughs> All right, moving on before we get in any legal trouble. Um, so my clown of the week, it's a tough one, Josh, and I feel like I got to do it. And I'm going to call a few people out, I think, generally. Um, but there was an announcement this past week, two weeks, recently, like a formal announcement, a media release on Volleyball Canada's website, on social media, that Melissa Umana Paredes and Sarah Pavin are splitting up as a partnership. I mean, this is the first time, I think, in Canadian volleyball history we've ever seen a formal announcement of a breakup that wasn't in the form of Marquise Dane Blanton interview on video format. Um, that was actually like a, a, a media release, a press release um, for the event, which is kind of a serious thing. Like, you know, you don't do that for many things. They did one for when we won the Worlds, the Junior Worlds, like they did a press release. Um, this was a like a, a release. And I get it. They're the top team in the world. But Clown of the Week for a few reasons. One, the fact that we're even doing that for a partnership breakup is kind of crazy. Did we do that for when like Brandy and Heather separated? But no, because Heather retired. We announced her retirement. Great. Congrats on a great career. Did we do that when other teams break up? Uh, no, we, we really don't. So kind of interesting why this is any different, maybe because they're the world champions. So like that just feels weird to me. Um, the second thing is like the breakup itself. Um, I don't get. I don't get what they're going to go and do. They have to split up another partnership. Like, you're going to go and split up another set of partners or pull up some young, unproven players to play with? Or is someone retiring? Like, if because they announced the breakup, but if not, if one of them is not retiring, that means they're both going to continue playing with who? We have four of the top female players, like in the top 20 in the world. You're going to break them up? You're going to break up our other team? Give like, are we going to give ourselves a chance to still have those two teams in the top? Well, there's three blockers in, there in the top four, so like, is Sarah going to go and play with uh, Brandy? Like, no, Sophie. Like, I don't know. So that's a weird thing too. Like, who the heck are they going to play with and try to qualify for the Olympics? Mel's got a huge career ahead of her. And three, Josh, and this one's a bit of a meta one. In my opinion, one of the main reasons that they're actually breaking up is because it's not actually worth it for them to put up with a challenging partnership and stay together. Like they're obviously having their challenges. They've been together a long time. They've had success. It's work to keep that going. The current scene of the sport is not worth it such that they have to or feel like they have to work through that to stay together. It doesn't matter if they're like the prize money is kind of not at a place right now where it's like, oh, it's going to cost us a ton of money say we go get a fifth okay we'll make a bit less money like we'll deal with it whatever we're going to enjoy this more you know like the, the scene is just not punishing enough that they feel like that they need to do that so the whole scene around it i've talked a lot i've given a bit of a lecture here the whole scene around it i just don't like and a bit of a serious disappointing clown of the week josh 
Well, you said this last week, and I think our listeners really need to understand how important this is. Is You mentioned um, it's not unusual for beach teams to break up, but it is unusual for them to break up and have nobody to play with. Like, that is unusual. We're usually you break up and, you know, Allison Blake up with his partner, but the next week he has a new partner and they're playing tournaments. Like, that stuff yeah. happens all the time. No problem. Where this is, yeah, they, they split, but you're right. Do Brandy and Sophie split to then play with them? You just took a second at World Championships. Do they bring up a young player? And for our listeners to understand full context here, the three out of four entry ranking, it really puts a hole in this. What I mean by that is you use your last four tournaments and your best three results get you entered into tournaments. So this isn't like Melissa can pick up a really young player and feel it out because you take two bad results and she might, well, not might, if you take two bad results, you're dropping in the rankings. And when's the last time Sarah Pavin played in a qualifier? Like you don't want to risk that, right? So it is a big gamble to even just say like, oh, why don't they play an event with this girl and then play an event with this girl and feel it out. The the format of the World Tour doesn't support that. To piggyback on your point, the prize money of the World Tour doesn't support that, where you take a bad result, not only did you just sewer my points, but we we lost money this tournament. Like I made $500 and it cost me $2,500 to get here. Like there, there's so many things at risk where um, originally when it happened, like some people were using the term break, like they weren't just going to play this year, but like they might be back during the Olympic qualifying window where now the press release made it sound like they're, they're breaking up. But yeah, there's no easy answer here. Like, sorry, I'm sure people came here being like, oh, I want the inside scoop from Gary and Josh. We don't know because nobody knows what's happening, but there is no obvious answer coming down the pipe. Yeah, like, and the thing about the three out of four, though, as well, conversely, yeah, you're right. It makes it tougher on them to switch partners, right? Because you got to perform. But here's the thing, Josh. If you're playing, obviously, they had their challenges, and that's why they're, like, breaking up. Like, you don't just split with a partner who you get along with really well when you're having success. So obviously there's some relationship challenges there. And I mean, that stuff happens. I'm like, it happens with everybody. It happened with Mark and John. They dealt with it their entire career. It happens with every great team. Um, but so they make the decision to break up. But here's the other thing. The three out of four makes it way easier to break up with your partner because if you have two bad results with your partner, you're, you're, the same thing is happening, Josh, right? Like it, it's not any different, right? So like you could, like Mel and Sarah together, if they're hating each other, particularly one tournament, they, they gaff one, they gaff the next one. Well, now they're in tough and dropping down. Are they in a qualifier? Like what are they doing, right? And that would be tough for that team to deal with when already on a slide. Whereas you switch, you have low pressure, you, you know you can go into a qualifier and then go into the tournament and win. Brandy and uh sophie get together and in a few tournaments later go out and get second at the world championships so you kind of already know that this is possible so the scene like the the three out of four in my opinion makes it way easier for partners to change because your entry points are less about your long-term history and more about your very short-term history right whereas before when it was your eight events you needed a person who had a lot of points <laughs> And not necessarily a lot of points with you, but that was the game. It's like, who can I get who has a lot of points? There's only so many names. But now you can go get a few results, keep your old, you know, like you play the game a little bit more flexibly. So um, I just don't like that we see that happening. And I'm scared for we had such a great thing, Josh. We had a period of about two years, three years. where we we took it for granted. We had the best, like two of the top five women's teams in the world. And did we enjoy it as much as we could have, Josh? Did we get the most out of it? I don't think we did. I definitely didn't. 
I don't well, think I even saw any of them up play. The three out of four. That if they did start to slide, that puts pressure on the relationship. The three rankings they're carrying right now are a fifth at an elite, a fifth at World Championships, and a first at an elite. So, like, even though they weren't, <laughs> maybe they weren't. Uh, there was some relationship struggles, but their performance. Who splits up after? And and they won Commonwealth Games. That's not even like an FIB event, but they won the Commonwealth Games. Was their technically their last tournament together, right? So there there has to be something obviously that only they know, and and I don't want to speculate. Only they know really what's going on. But um, yeah, I think there there are some challenges where yeah, I don't think we can again. You you bring up some good points about the prize money where. Yeah, you mentioned it in the Mark and John era. Mark and John, I'm sure, had their challenges. But if you get those guys talking, there was guys on the tour who did not like each other. They didn't like their partner, but it was a business relationship, and they got through it because like they were making a living. This is kind of like, well, even one of those fifth they just shouted out, they they made three thousand dollars. So if you're not enjoying it and you're making okay money, like then it's not worth your time, right? Yeah, exactly. Like you go out and get a fifth. You work your ass off for a fifth. You barely pay your way. Like the money they're making this year with those results, Josh, you're right. They're carrying big results, but compare the money they're making this year to three years ago, even four or five years ago when they were winning, you know, in a bunch of uh, semis and in big matches, the money is so different now with the new kind of format and everything. It's the big events that are money heavy. They don't have those grand slam format where you had like eight grand slams in the year where you could go and have a number of big results and get, get paid. So now like, what's the difference if they go out and come um, like if they come ninth at a bunch of tournaments with different partners, because they're still good. It's not like they're not going to, you know, say you suffer a little bit. What's the difference in prize money? Like a couple hundred bucks, like 500 bucks a tournament. Like really what, what is the big deal? Like, you know, you'd give that up for a fresh start um, a lot easier than if the difference was between 15 grand and five grand. Like, that's a lot tougher, Josh. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm disappointed that the, this is happening to us. It's emotional, Josh. It's a breakup. Our volleyball parents are breaking up. So maybe we'll let let this one go because again I don't want to speculate, but uh, I think we can gain some traction on what we talked about with Pierce last week. Where if partnerships want to break up, they should come on the show, and if they refuse to come on the show, then we will speculate. So like if if any of our our youth teams do this, Garrett, I think we then we go heavy and we start to talk about behind the scenes stuff that we can't confirm or deny. You know? Yeah. Like our next step is to just start speculating, and who knows what we'll come up with. So. Um, yeah, I think it's a sad point, but I think that's maybe where we got to start shutting this thing down, Josh. I mean, it's always great just chatting with you, man. I know, you know what? I will say having guests is great, but it takes the distraction away from this right here. This is, this is our home. This is where we live. So, uh, except not together, even though we're in the same, even though we're in the same sit, time zone, yeah, we once, same province. I just have yeah. one more comic here because I put it in my notes when you're talking about the myth of of the excellence room when we were going to talk about volleyball myths. I just have one cliffhanger for our audience here. <laughs> I am so sick and tired of the old era talking about how many roof like balls they used to hit. You ever sit and watch a university warm up and you have guys just a little bit older than me saying, "Oh, our whole team could hit roof like they would bounce," and it was the bottom ball and like obviously gyms were different. Where like U of T, their new ceiling is is beautiful their old gym like i could see it where i'm putting out a challenge that i don't believe you let me put it that way i don't believe you that like these old timers these guys who are like in their 40s or 50s now they were like roofing at the burridge gym master i don't believe you because i'm thinking how many physical guys are playing u sports right now and the mikasa ball can't be that different that like 
you go watch a university warm up. I don't think eight guys per team are like hitting the ball into the ceiling. I don't think. I fully agree, and I will call out any old guy who <laughs> wants to come out and go toe to toe and tell stories about how you used to bounce it and roof the ball. No, you did not. Unless your name is Dan Deering or Terrell Bramwell, you can just shut your mouth. Um, now, having said that, there were some old dudes who could roof it. Like, there definitely were, but it was not like everybody. It was like one guy. It was like Garth Pischke could go out and sky and like roof the ball. There's, yeah, so like put in the comments, and obviously if the video still existed, I think I tried to find it the other day. I don't think Pac-Man 40 big hits or whatever. I don't think it's still on the internet, but if somebody has that, those guys are hitting. But those were high school gyms. I'm talking about like university warm-ups where maybe like Dodds or Jeff White or some of these other like big hitters. Maybe, I don't know if Steve Delaney's in that class, all these people talking about it. Like I, I don't think they would be bouncing in the Queens gym or the McMaster gym or like the new gold ring at U of T. Like I don't think – that that's even possible. Is the bottom ball that much more springier and bouncy? I don't know, but it just seems like you know the stories grow over time. Like I'm sure your biological father has some of these stories that every decade that goes on, something cooler happens in the story. It just made me think of like, yeah, you, you talk to some of these old timers that uh, they may misremember what was actually happening in some of these warm ups. Well, Josh, as the story with this show is going to grow over the years, I'm going to tell anyone who will listen 10, 20 years from now that this was the best. Canadian volleyball podcast and beach volleyball podcast in the world. And Even if we get a tier four award in five years, I won't remember it was tier four. I'll just know it was a, it was a gold medal and that counts. Absolutely. And we are the gold medalists of volleyball and beach volleyball Canadian podcasts with two guys wearing hats. So, I mean, nobody can take that away from us. And 10 years from now, we'll just be the best podcast in the world. And my so. hat's for sale. I love the uh, new era and, and how it fits my head. But uh, if you want to, you know, sell your product or services, send me a hat. Like, Put Garrett May's face on your T-shirt. That do that. <laughs> but do you mean the hat you're actually wearing is for sale, or your no, hat not, space? No, because I don't sale. think what I paid for this I would get from a fan. Like I don't think I would make break even, let alone yeah, make yeah. money. But if like, you know. JP from Rome wants to give us like one of his hats or anything, or, or Dead Man's Beach makes hats. I haven't worn his shirt on the air in a while, Garrett. I gotta wear that again. But uh, yeah, you are a a gutless, <laughs> gutless. But I respect it. Please send us some hats. Um, all right, that'll do it for this one. Uh, always great to chat with you, Josh. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you're still listening, what are you doing? But thank you. This wasn't a short one, Josh. We got right into it. So. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. Uh, hit that subscribe button. Comment down below. We'd love to hear from you guys or just text Josh directly. Apparently, you all know him and uh, don't know me. So, um, alrighty. Sounds good. Thanks for chatting, Josh. And uh, thanks for listening. We will see you next time.